hit me up if you can't hear me, but I think we just got audio good. So welcome. Um, we're coaching twice today, which is amazing. Coach Palooza. We're doing this hour with me, and then Jess and I are going to coach again at 2.30 Pacific Standard Time. Come one, come all. So I posted both of those links in both of the Facebook groups for you, um, if, if you want to come to all of it, but you're here now. So raise your hand if you want to come on. Oh my gosh, Jess is here. Jess is probably going to be with us until I know she's got a private coaching client um, at 1.30 or something. So happy to have you, Jess. And for everybody else, just raise your hand to see who wants to come on first. All right, let's get your name. bring you on. Remote to panelist. There we go. December Bliss. I think you're just muted. Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm so good. Good. Happy I'm walking in to pick up my dog right now, so there might be a little barking for the next like 30 seconds. Awesome. Sorry. No problem. Um, maybe a couple minutes. It looks like it might be a minute. <laughs> Um, sorry, I got home and I realized I didn't have my dog, so I had to go get her. Bretto. All right, so um, this is something I chatted Jess about as an idea. Um, essentially, just I know I, and I'm sure a lot of other surgeons, kind of second guess and wonder about like, am I doing the right thing um, for the patient? And just kind of second guessing like the decision you're making, whether it's even just a super minor non-operative decision or an operation or which operation and that kind of whole second guessing thought. Totally, I'm, I'm with you. And just kind of like the whole second guessing and like the whole fear of making a mistake, which I guess for me is like why I feel like I'm second guessing. Right, right. Um, do you have a do you have a recent scenario? Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Okay, sorry. Dog is now in the car. Dog got attacked. I'm envisioning like a two <laughs> Minus 40, but she was just attacked by like an 80 pound dog. Um, sorry. If she doesn't stop barking, you can feel free to like mute me or if anyone else wants to be coached first, that is totally fine because apparently she's crazy today. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, let's see. We'll give you a second just to see if you can can talk, and if not, we'll we'll move on and bring you back later. 
Jess, is my audio better? I just fiddled with, with Zoom. It should be. Nice. All right, December, are you with us or should I switch? I'm with you. Okay, cool. Can you hear me? Yep, we're good. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I essentially my, I had a recent case this weekend um, where it's just an appendicitis. We should probably never say death this surgeon. Um, but it's a perforated appendicitis. It doesn't look bad, but it's not drainable. But of course it's, you know, located up in the, all down mesentery. They're behind the mesentery. And I'm like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> so, you know, dread it for the whole 24 hours that it takes um, to get the patient transferred. And, you know, talk to a partner. I'm like, should I have a low threshold to open? Should I operate and place a drain? Like, what should I do? And so I'm just kind of going back and forth this like, whole time about, you know, what's the best thing for the patient? Just like, second-guessing myself, even though, you know, I'm a general surgeon, I'm a certified general surgeon, I've trained, I've, I've done a lot of athletes, like, this is not a hard decision, but at the, second, at the same time, you're just constantly, at least me, a lot of times, just second-guessing and wondering, is this the right thing for the patient, is this the right thing at all? Yeah. That whole situation. Um, and, and when those, when those, I just want to get a little more of the story. When the thoughts come, what do you do with those thoughts right now? Like what's your, what's your like working MO when this happens? Are you, are you attacked? Are you with me, December, or should we give you a second? I'm here. Sorry. Sorry. I thought it switched from my car phone to my headphone. It didn't. No problem. I think no I'm sorted out now for the morning, for the day. Sorry, okay. guys. No, no worries. Um, okay, so so a patient's admitted. You're you're watching for 24 hours. You're, you're having some thoughts on repeat of, am I doing the right thing? over and over. And and when those thoughts are happening, what are you doing with those thoughts? Like what's happening in your mind when those thoughts are coming in? Um, I guess I just like pro con, you know, all the different approaches of, you know, the different operative approaches or the, um, whether it's a different operative approach or should I operate or just the different options and kind of, you know, if it's something that I need to look up or that it's been a while since I've researched, I look it up. And um, a lot of times I'll reach out to partners or mentors just to get somebody else's opinion. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I approach it. Okay. And, and so I, I, what I'm picking what I'm picking at or what I'm going for is, like, what's the problem? Is there a problem with doubting yourself? Um... I guess it makes me feel less confident or sure than I feel like I should be. Okay. Um, and I guess it's just like I have this like fear that I'm going to like not do the right thing for the patient when 
I don't know. I guess on the one hand, maybe it's good to have that. So that way I question myself. But on the other hand, I feel like it's just a little more than what's productive. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, because I, I think I think a lot of people would be like, that's what we, you know, that's what we all do. We all check in with our partners. We all look stuff up. We all like run through scenarios and flow charts, and finding out like, is that the problem, or does it then not stop and become kind of more of a dysfunctional thought pattern, right? Like, at what point does it become a problem? Yeah, and that's kind of I feel like sometimes I get you of you know. I've looked at this, I've looked at some different options, I've thought about it, you know, I have a few different things in my head, but then I like continue to ruminate on it. And that's when I feel like it stops being productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's good to know, right? Because like every every thought you have of like, I should check on this or run this by Mike or whatever, you know, your partner of like, that's all it's, it can be all very good until it becomes something where you're like, hold on, what brain? Why are we, why are we spending time doing this now? Yeah. And I feel like one problem for me is like, I'm, I'm a newer surgeon, but so it happens a lot and it's, I don't know. I feel like it happens almost on like everything I do. And it's like, I don't know if that's normal or it should be, or, you know, if that gets better with time, because I feel more confident, but at the same time, I still have these like second guessing thoughts and these, the, the, it's to the like fear of harming the patient um, or fear of not doing the right thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I think just as, just as, you know, I've been out for 10 years, I'm like, there is nothing like having years under your belt and literally nobody can give that to you except for just years under your belt. Right. So there, there's like a part yeah. of that. And so just like as a, as an older surgeon to be like, once you have t 10 years under your belt, you're very different than like 18 months in, or even, I'd say even like three years for me was kind of like a, a, you know, a transition point of like, oh yeah, I got this. Okay. Uh, so I think part of it is just kind of from an older surgeon of like, there's nothing like just doing your job for a long time to like, <laughs> you know, be be different than like nobody's looking over your shoulders anymore and we were trained that way so that's kind of right. just, just that but yeah i mean i think you are you're in that stage of like awareness right like you're very clearly seeing like i think this is good in the beginning because i'm checking on stuff i'm thinking about algorithms but at, at some point it becomes i just i don't want to keep like obsessing over these thoughts and just right. like that awareness of like, here's where it becomes dysfunctional. Yep. Okay. I see that. Like that's huge awareness. So I, I think that's like step one for you. And then, you know, the other part of it is when you start hearing that, you know, the processing of like, there's that thought again, of course, it's trying to keep the patient safe. When do I, when do I say, nope, that thought's not helping me anymore. And again, that's that awareness part of it right yeah so we can and then it. it's just once once i am aware it's like well how do you make it go away right <laughs> or that like fear go away i think that's you know it's a recurring theme that should just be like the whole theme of like at what point do you have your own back right and like what is what is having your own back look like and it, and that whole concept of like i've been trained really well and I've done the prep stuff and no matter what happens, I have my own back, which nobody's ever taught this part. 
of like, and loving yourself no matter what happens, because you did the absolute best you can. Right. Okay. Um, okay, so let's do a model. So the circumstances and Appy comes in. And then the thought on repeat is, um, am I doing the right thing? Um, that's part of it. The other thought that might actually get to the part, the more problematic part would be, um, what if what I do makes it work? Okay. So like what or harms, or what if I cause harm? Yeah. And how does that feel? Um, nerve wracking? Terrifying? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, technically we're not supposed to put questions in the thought, so I, this is, a, I think, an easy statement. You could just say, I, I might cause the patient harm. Yes. More, yeah. more, more declarative thought in there. Okay. Um, so I might cause the patient harm feeling Nerve-wracking? Yeah. Yeah. Nerve-wracked. I, I mean, I don't like feeling this, but I like the feeling. <laughs> to me, I'm always stuck <laughs> on two feelings. I'm like, tight? Uh, oh, nerve-wracked. That's, that's more creative. Let's go with that one. Um, okay, so nerve-wracked. What do we do when we're feeling nerve-wracked? Um, stress. <laughs> Ruminate? Yeah. I feel like ruminate always comes up when I'm doing my models with you guys. It's what we do. It's what our brains do. Our brains like keep us safe, keep us safe, keep us safe. So like, it's just trying to keep you safe and it's trying to keep the patient safe, right? Like yeah. Our brains are like, that's like the computer programming. Okay, so we're ruminating. What are we not able to do when we're nerve wracked? Um, see the situation for what it is. Like, like step back, like see the patient for what it is or like, um, like, like see that, like, I didn't cause this problem. You know, like I didn't give the patient appendicitis. No. Or a gunshot wound or a fall yeah. or a fall from standing. Yeah. Ruminate. Um, okay, so like clarity, maybe. See clarity. Yeah. Not not seeing clear. Yeah. Um, what else? What else are we doing or not doing when we're nerve wracked? I don't know. Just thinking about it is like making me, my stomach tense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so poor digestion. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think another thing I would add to not doing is loving yourself, right? Of like being open to the fact that you might be completely helping the situation. Like the opening yourself mm -hmm. to the possibility of that or like, no matter what I do, I'm trying my best and I'm good enough here. 
like that kind of like calming openness is very yeah. difficult when we're in that like nerve wracked. I've been spending a lot of time like thinking about like that feeling of openness versus that feeling of tightness. And like, mm -hmm. as a surgeon, that's very difficult for me to ex describe except for like tight and open of like, when we're kind of open to a, a scenario or a person or a situation, it's almost like this like piece of being in the moment. And when we're like tight and closed off, like we're very much like trying to protect, right? And like nerve wrack to me is kind of that like, don't give me one more thing. I'm already nerve wracked. Yeah. And so it's like, are we actually being in our best state, you know, when we're kind of this versus like, I talked to my partner, I, I worked the patient up, I've got a plan. I didn't cause the appendicitis. I'm gonna do the goddamn best I can. We're gonna see what happens. And no matter yeah. what, what, like that asterisk of like, no matter what, I did the best I can and I'm good enough. Which like is not included in any tr surgery manual. <laughs> um, but, you know, just kind of thinking about where we get with this and then catching that thought of like, yeah, yeah, brain. I might cause the patient harm. But odds are it probably won't turn out that way. Yeah. And I think, I, but like, even if I do, I'm trained for this. I'm doing the best I can and I'm doing the right thing. Yep. At least the right thing as much as you can know it in the moment. Absolutely. Totally. We didn't give ourselves a result down here. We didn't. Stomach ache. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> ruminate. Uh, not open. Maybe. Maybe. Not open. Closed intense. Not open to the possibilities, right? Because when your brain's like, I'm going to cause harm, we're not open to the possibilities of you might actually be what this person needed. Yeah. We're completely blind to when we're just like, yeah, but I could hurt them. Yeah. But it's that negativity bias, right? Which is just what all of our brains have installed. Of like, we're not like going around being like, thank goodness you had an appendicitis on my call day. <laughs> I actually, on the one hand, was glad because I like never get appendicitis. It's like, I have not had that many since starting as an attending. Um, and so I'm like, yay. But then it's like always these like terrible, not just a normal appy. It's like, really? Right. Oh, like, yeah. Well, that's because that's because you're meant for greater things. <laughs> I guess so. He saw his incision today and he's like, that's really big. And I'm like, it's barely bigger than my hand. Like how I had to do it open. Like, how do you <laughs> right? expect me to do something smaller than that? Exactly. Anyway. Like that's the exact incision your body needed. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knew? Uh, who knew? Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah, I would, I mean, you're already there with the awareness, like you're catching it. And, and I think, you know, some of some thoughts may never go away. It's realizing when they're no longer serving us. Okay. And I think you're already there of like, hey, this serves me because I'm doing my due diligence. And then it doesn't serve me anymore because I can't be my best self. Yeah. Okay. And then just being, you can, I mean, trying to like push the thoughts away oftentimes doesn't work. I, I, I like to call bullshit on my thoughts sometimes. It's like, well, that's bullshit. No. Um, 
I think that helps sometimes. That's just one. That's just one approach to it. <laughs> Jess would have a much more <laughs> loving approach to probably her thoughts than like, no, not today. This, I am not open and expansive and like ready to be my best when I'm just kind of closed down on that. Um, okay, I'll let you go so we can get our next lady. Yes, thank you so much. Sorry about the dog at the beginning. No worries. It was my pleasure to, to see what you do with your afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll put you back. Thanks. Yep, absolutely. Renaming. Oh yeah, you can add. Holiday, I, I renamed you Holiday Cheer, but there's your face and this is Jess. Can you hear me? Yep, we're good. Okay, um, so I am going to risk going down a little bit of a trauma rabbit hole here, but I really think this is a good opportunity to introduce um, a slightly different concept. And I'm so grateful that this um, room one member brought this question up because it affects everybody. And if they say it doesn't, I, they're probably not telling the truth. Um, so the model is very interesting because it has this sort of like top down um, kind of direction, like brain to body to action to result, right? Like a top down kind of model. But there are alternative theories that suggest that really it's there's more to it than that and I think we all know that because we're smart people but I think the complete picture is more like top down and then bottom back up to the brain like a complete circuit does that make sense mm -hmm. like thought goes thought creates feeling feeling goes to body body does actions and then like at some point though your body gives you feedback up to your brain and I think that's happening like we don't give it enough credit so I've been learning about this idea of somatic mindfulness. And so often when we're feeling that stuff in the body, so if it's like nerve wracked and you're feeling stuff in your body, like digestive things and nausea, tightness, whatever, it's basically telling you the state of your nervous system and it's being unregulated or dysregulated. And very often if you're in like a, a dysregulated state or an unregulated state, your brain is not functioning in a way that can be very strategic. It's literally like just trying to stay alive in those moments. Your body's trying to keep you alive. And so um, when we're faced with something like that, which feels very threatening, right? Like if, if we've made it mean something about us as a human, like I'm not good enough to do this job or uh, you know, what, what, at whatever point that the thought becomes dysfunctional, um, then your, then your body's like, okay, well then we must be threatened and I'm keeping us alive right now. So like all bets are off. You kind of, you kind of like touched on that Kelly, but I think something that can be super useful is to just do like stay in your body a little bit and, and, um, really work on identifying what you're feeling and regulating yourself 
with whatever method you've identified to regulate yourself. I have a bunch I do like on a daily basis. Um, and then also you're able to then start talking to yourself in a way that can then be even more regulating. Like, for example, when I do this, cause I still have moments where I'm, you know, second guessing myself, I remind myself it's normal to do this. It's normal to second guess yourself. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean anything bad about me. It's normal to do this and like give myself a there, there moment, you know, like it's not a problem that you're doing this again. Like nothing has gone wrong here. And I, I think you started to touch on that too. Um, and I really try to normalize this response because so often we think that it's like not normal, right? But it's all normal and it's just a it's just a healthy way to respond to a threat. Um, so that's my two cents is to really go into your body, get yourself regulated and, and really reassure yourself before you try to talk yourself into like um, being OK, like like before you're like, yeah, I got this. I got my own back, which I think is the ultimate goal. It's just like first remind yourself, yeah, like I do this sometimes. Sometimes I second guess myself, that's it. So just a little bit of a trauma informed tangent there. Can you give our people tips and tricks for regulating? Yes, um, regular rhythmic movement, which could be tapping your arm, tapping your thigh, tapping your feet back and forth, going for a quick walk, um, deep breathing, looking across the horizon back and forth. If you have an opportunity to step up to a window, um, you can just like scan the horizon back and forth regularly for a couple minutes. Um, physiologic sighing, which is two inhales followed by an audible exhale. Research has shown that three physiologic sighs in a row like significantly lowers your um, sympathetic tone because it stimulates the vagus nerve. Um, humming, moaning, the alms and the, uh, that sort of stuff also stimulates the soft palate, which turns like basically stimulates your vagus nerve to um, decrease sympathetic tone. I hum and sing a lot. That's what I use to regulate my nervous system quite often. And then the other stuff like exercise, a hot bath, mineral salts, aromatherapy, you know, it depends on like where you are and what, how much time you have to do it. But literally it takes like 30 seconds to a minute to, to um, start to bring your nervous system into balance. And it also is important to note that we're designed to function like in the middle. So on one end of the spectrum is the parasympathetic tone. And on the other end of the spectrum is the sympathetic tone. We all know what those mean, right? Like we're jacked on one end and on the other end, we're like incapacitated. So we want to be somewhere in the middle. And so you can just kind of look, like go into your body, become super mindful about what you're feeling. And then you'll be able to start to be like, okay, maybe right now what I need is like a little bit of a, like a quick walk 
say like, or go up and down a few flights of stairs or something, or maybe what you need is to sit and be calm and breathe deeply in and out. Does that make sense? Like, you know, if you need to ratchet it up or down to get you to like a nice middle level. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, and I think, you know, for here and talking about like the poor digestion and stuff is like the practice of like, right now I'm feeling something in my left scapula and it feels a little bit tight. Right now I'm feeling that I'm taking really shallow breaths um, and just like kind of being like, what's my body doing? Because it really does make a difference to be like, okay, drop in, feel that for a moment, realize, oh, wow, I'm really tight. Okay, what do I need to kind of get that more relaxed? We're not really taught that stuff, but it really helps. Anything else, Jess? Did we lose you? Did we lose Jess? That's exactly right. There you are. And I think the model is so powerful, but um, it's really so mad. Hear me, Kelly? No, I hear you. I hear you. I got it. Am I back? I have really yeah. bad reception in my neighborhood. You're back. Okay. Okay. So I think, I don't know what you heard, but I think the model emphasizes the cognitive aspects. Like it doesn't like not talk about feelings, obviously, but if, I feel like it, like the direction just seems to be emphasized like in one way, but it's really a full circuit. It's a full circuit. And I feel like sometimes your brain is not ready or capable of dealing with the thought part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did I lose you again? Is it me? Did we lose Jess? And so that, and like figure out what's going on there. Well, and so then, oh, hi, yeah, yeah. Kelly, Kelly. Yeah, I got, I got it. Kelly, I'm still here. Can you hear? I can Holy hear Holy shit. Okay, so I've, I've got really bad cell reception in my neighborhood. So I don't know how much that you heard. Like, how much of that did you hear? A good amount. All right. So you heard the part about top down. I feel like it's really a complete circuit. And so when we're having those moments where you feel nerve wracked and you, and you know, it's in your stomach and you know, X, Y, or Z is happening in your body. It's an opportunity to go in and self-regulate first. And what that does is it increases your capacity for your cognitive abilities. And then that's the feedback loop that actually feeds positively on itself. The more you figure out how to get yourself into better balance, um, the positive feedback loop, it happens, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Make- okay. I like this, like as an, the model I think is very useful as an awareness tool of like, you know, what really the problem is. And then going down to like, of course, when you're feeling this, you can't be open to like other possibilities, right? And like, yeah, and seeing all that. So I love it as as an awareness tool of being able to like see it. Somebody was like, why, why can't we solve our own problems is because we can't see our own blind spots. 
as Correct. far as you know, why to have a coach or something like that. It's like we can't see like how tense we're making everything. So we can't see that we're not we're not giving, you know, good clarity to it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's all these tools, I think, are com like really give us the ability to just tease apart a big glob of garbage. Oh, yeah. Look, is that called life? That's exactly right. It's called the human experience. The human experience or a glob of garbage. Well, um, I mean, you know, like some people think the human experience is a glob of garbage, but you know what I mean. I totally know what you mean. Awesome. Did you want to be coached, Jess, or are you, are you doing a going to do a private thing before we regroup at 2.30? I was supposed to do a private thing, but I think her nanny fell through. Hold on one second. Okay. Um, well, Jess, maybe so, I'll maybe I'll bring somebody else on, and then yeah, you, and we'll make time for you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. You can, you can figure that out and and have some good reception. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right, attendees. Any other hands to be raised while we're waiting for Jess to come back on? Any, while we're waiting for hands to go up, any questions about that? Any questions about the body and regulating? My big question is why were we never taught this stuff? Because it's super useful. And I wouldn't do it if it wasn't useful because that's the way I am. So Kelly, can you still hear me? Yep. I just, um texted my client because I didn't have it exactly set, but I'll just wait for her to call me back. Okay. Cool. I'm also in the press. Oh, I lost my you're, you're in the process of what? This is killing me. Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, I just texted my client to see if she was going to be able to join me or not. I think it's a no, but I'll just wait for her to text me back. Oh, you know what, Kelly? I have to go. Okay. I'll call back in if I. I can. love you, Elsa. So okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. I love you too. Okay, here we are. Anybody else have any questions or want to come on for coaching? That was awesome, except for the cell reception. I'm all yours. Um, okay, I'm going to talk about I'll talk about body regulating until somebody wants to raise a hand or ask a question or Jess comes back on. Um, 
I've just started doing more yoga lately and like, and I'm like a hit, you know, high intensity cardio weightlifting sort of person. Um, so yoga is definitely not like my preferred form of physical activity, but like I've been doing it. I do like a 30 minute yoga with like my kids around. Cause I still have this, you know, I'm home at night. I should be with my kids at all times, sort of mom thing going on. And I'm like, I do 30 minutes of that and I'm in such a better headspace. Like I'll, I'll giggle like I didn't giggle before I did the yoga. And it's like putting the body through the paces and like really regulating it is like taking that day job surgeon, processing it, my body, and to be like in a totally different, flexible, relaxed, parasympathetic state. I'm like... And then, it, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I like I like to argue with reality of like, why do I have to do this for my body? Why can't I just be relaxed all the time? And so I'll like argue with all of this theory too. Sometimes I feel like I'm the perfect coach because I'm so like, so skeptical <laughs> with all this stuff. But I'm like, me in 30 minutes of yoga, I'm in such a better headspace because I put my body through those paces. And it, again, it's the calming. It's like, getting the body to stretch, getting the, the fascia moving, getting the muscles stretched out, all that tightness of like the computer and the OR all day long and like getting it to like process through your body so you can actually like relax and sleep or have sex. Like totally parasympathetic, sympathetic of like not interested in being intimate after like a heavy duty cardio weightlifting workout because my, my sympathetic nervous system is so ramped up. But like after yoga, I'm like super open again, like the body being like open to the experience versus like close to the experience. So in the intimacy work, like regulating the body and like not going from like go, go, go day surgeon mode straight into sex because you're usually not in a good spot for that. So like figuring out what that transition is to get from like sympathetic to parasympathetic can be very, very useful in like the intimacy desire your body's not open for desire when it's like sympathetic blocked so sex tips on a thursday um all right well got 20 minutes anybody want to chat about anything there we go okay as i don't think of names Rename, I am seeing the Nutcracker tonight, so you shall be called Sugar Plum Fairy. Moving you to panelist. Sugar Plum Fairy. I think you're muted. Can you start over? Yes, sorry. Yes, I was muted. Hello. Hello. Um, so thanks for holding this today. I, um, how do I, I always, I'm always like, how do I put this into a model? Um, I don't actually, the problem is I don't actually know. I don't, I feel anxious. I feel, tight about something and I'm not sure I'm just trying to work it out in my mind so I guess I'll just start yeah. um there so my someone 
at my work has elected to work with me um, to try to make me kind of like a go-to person for massive hernias. And they're very senior and experienced and like awesome and everybody loves them. And I think that they kind of don't want to, I don't know, they something they don't want to deal with them because the hernias are like, I like the cases. A lot of people don't, but I like them. And I, I think it's interesting and in trying to figure out what to do and how best to handle it. And so they have, they told my division chief that they want me to be this person. And I'm very happy about that. Like, I really like it. And I'm, I feel like really lucky, but the problem, and there's no problem. It's like fantastic. Cause we've trained you well. To... You're like, turns out there's no problem. Yeah, no, <laughs> who doesn't want to be like, sh you know, like shepherded through like learning a difficult thing, you know, by someone who's really good at it. The problem is that the gift I'm being given isn't mine to give or I don't own it. It's not, it's just this, someone decided that they would do this for me or like said, decided that they want someone to do these cases because they're too busy, like way, 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 way too busy. And, um, but the problem is that some of my partners will ask me for advice. This is what's happened. They ask me for advice on complex cases. They see me doing complex cases. And I'm like, it's not actually me. It's this other person that everybody knows is like one of the best surgeons here. Like, I was like, it's not actually me. They're, they're coaching me, guiding me through these cases, helping with decisions and planning. Cause many of these patients are, you know, usually very, very like complicated. And so, and there's lots of different decisions to make. And so I'm telling my partners like, oh yes, I am becoming a hernia expert. I'm not there yet. I'm like, I'm, I'm like about a year into like starting, I've done about five of these really complex abdominal wall cases. And so I need to talk to the person mentoring me. Well, they then, I, I, they, I don't know how to manage this relationship, this situation, because it's, it's very special, like that, that this person elected for me to be this person, but it's also not mine. Like I'm not the one with the skills yet. And so I kind of like, in the one hand, I'm not sure what to like, how to talk about it. And so they come to me with their cases and I'm like, well, I will need to talk to so-and-so. And then they're like, well, maybe I should just talk to so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, you could, but you called me. <laughs> and so do you want me to handle this case or not? And if you do, that means you're giving me the case. If you're, if you don't, well then, yeah, you can talk to them, but I know that that person doesn't want, I, I well, I don't know. They, they have the free right to call that other surgeon. They totally can. I just don't think that other surgeon, from what I've heard, wants to train everyone and like isn't willing to co-scrub cases with everyone. I don't know that. But anyway, this is like the pride. So it makes me very anxious because I love my partners. I love them. But I, and I, it's just awkward and I don't know what, I don't know how to be more calm around the whole thing because it makes me anxious. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Where do you, and, where, yeah. Tell yeah. me, tell me more about kind of where your identity is. Like, 
where is your identity in like they're coming to you with this case and 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 then what do you do I look up the case and I think wow that is a hard case Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that other surgeon will do mm -hmm. And, but I start to try to think about what my own plan would be. And then I try to think about all the extenuating circumstances and how I only have like a half story or like a more like 10% of a story. Cause outside records haven't been retrieved yet. And there's not, you know, and, and so I, uh, and so my partner partners, like this probably happened like four times now. It's not all the time, but it's like four times in the last like month. And every time I'm like, okay, I'm like excited. Like I want Sorry, I forget what your question was, to be honest, because it's like the whole thing. No, it's okay. we're, we're just exploring. <laughs> this is good. Because so I think my, I, just yeah, talking like, about it, like, it helps yeah. your brain, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so, so your partner, yeah, t tell me about what's happened. You said four times in the last month. What's that scenario? Yeah. Well, some people are like, look, here's a dumpster fire case. Will you take it and do it with that other surgeon? <laughs> that happened once. And I was like, yep, no problem. Put that book in my clinic. I'll present it at our little, at like, we have a group that meets to talk about abdominal wall cases, like complex. Wall cases. I'll put it in, I'll present it at the group. I'll do all the legwork. Like I'm excited to learn about these cases. That's one scenario that happened once out of like the four, like four ish times. The other times were someone told me they had a complex case, but they, they, for some reason, or they, they don't want to let go of the case themselves, but they want my input because they know I've been doing complex cases, but I don't feel authoritative enough in this subject matter to give like a final word. This is what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be like, so I, so they'll be like, well, I, they'll like, well, I, they, they won't want to, basically, they won't want to give up the case. They'll be like, well, uh, um, I'm happy to, I'm trying to think of what exactly has happened, but basically like some hesitancy to just pass the case off, which is fine. But then, and, but then I, 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 I'm not willing to say what to do basically. Okay. And, yeah. and they're, you know, it's on them if they want to let the case go or not. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, or like, is that up to them? Yeah. I'm just asking. But if they, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's totally up to them. And so okay. if they want to keep the case, they can, but it'll be a hot mess. <laughs> like most likely a hot mess. Like, but that's okay. Like that's, that's okay. up to them. That's they, not they my. Keep it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm curious. I wonder if the, the kind of the feeling of anxiety is kind of this like push and pull of like your thought is the one I wrote down was I don't feel authoritative enough. And here people are coming to you. Yeah. That's the problem. That's a big, that's a big part of it. They're coming to me like as this authority and I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, to me, if I, if, you know, to like pick apart the story, like, I think that might be where the anxiety is coming from is like, they're coming and you're like, hold on. Yeah. I'm not authoritative enough. Um, what if you are authoritative enough? Yeah. I mean, well, I could, I could, I mean, I think once I start booking these cases without the co-surgeon, then I'll be like, I'll feel like I'm there. But so far, the first, like the five cases I've done, 
the co-surgeon has, well, yeah, has, has progressively brought me through the entire case. I mean, like I've progressively done more and more and more. And so I'm, I'm nearly there where, but, but still the decision-making beforehand, there's still, I'm just, I, I can, once we've decided what to do, I'm, I can basically do it now, but it's the beforehand deciding that I'm still like, so. Yeah. It reminds me of that saying of like the true expert knows they don't know everything. Like it's the, yeah. you know, that's it, that theory of like the amateur thinks they know everything. And then the true mm -hmm. expert knows they know nothing. Yeah. Like you're at the point where people are coming to you and you know, you don't know everything, which, yeah. but I think that's the definition of that's the expert person. Right. Cause you're like, I realize how incredibly complex this is. Yes. Yeah. True. That's the thing is that I feel like sometimes the complexity is underappreciated. And so they're like, let's just do it. I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think, patients I don't like, think we can. Patients like, can't you just fix my perforated appy with like a one centimeter incision? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I also don't want to be rude. Like I don't, and I also don't want to, I don't know. I just, why would you yeah. be rude? Well, I, I'm not being rude. You're right. I'm, I'm absolutely not rude is the last thing I'm being, I'm trying to, I'm just dancing around this, like, I'm not sure I have to check with this other guy and like, kind of not, I guess I'm not pleasing them. <laughs> that's my, that's what I'm doing. It's not rude. I'm not pleasing someone. Well, it's not our job to please people. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's like, it's up to them. It's up to them if they're pleased or not. Right. Yeah. Not, not you. Um, yeah. I mean, I think exploring, exploring the thought I'm not authoritative enough and like, you know, starting to like poke holes in that of like, hold on, this is somebody who's being asked questions, who's being actively taught, who's being actively put into this place of authority that you're super stoked about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, All right. Maybe, maybe my work is becoming the authority that I am. Kind of like, yeah, you know, like matching I, instead of like, I need to fix this anxiety of like, oh, I need to kind of, you know, work on this, what I think authority is and where I think I am. And the anxiety would probably just, you know, go away. Does that make sense? Yes. And, you know, the, yeah. what, you know, what they teach in the, in the coaching stuff is like past history or future stuff doesn't make you authoritative or the authority you thinking you're the authority is what makes you the authority. I, I will say, I think in my most recent conversation on this matter, I was very much like my partner was saying like, well, the patient really isn't willing to like go. The patient really wants like she was saying, he, he's not really willing to go to any other surgeon, but me, I don't know. I, fine. Um, and, uh, she said, she's like, I tried to refer him to plastic surgery, but he said he really wanted me. He looked me up and wanted me. I was like, okay. So, and she's like, so I would really, what did she say? And she said, and I was, and I, and she's, and I was like, well, do you, is he a good historian? Like what records do you have? She didn't have any records. Apparently he had, he had had like, I don't know, failed robotic hernia, like in the past for this like massive, massive, like spagalian hernia anyway. And so she's like, so I said, 
the patient doesn't get to dictate when his completely elective hernia is done because it's a big deal. Like, and so I felt like I did, it was like a step in the right direction because in terms of just saying, you know, just putting up like some kind of like boundary and not just, I don't know, kind of giving into that pressure that's not real, you know? And so, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, that comes with experience, right? Like, I think all younger surgeons, they just want to please everybody all the time. Cause that means like you're pleasing everybody all the time. And like the more expert you become, you're like, yeah, hold no. <laughs> right. Cause I, I understand how complex this stuff is. Yeah. It's nothing to do with you, your job of pleasing or it, but it's like that, that is your authority too. Not that I need to convince you of this, but like the person who knows the most is the one who's like, who gets to be like, hold on everybody. Right. I know how complex these things are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. So I think part, I think part of me too, I was a little bit like scared that not scared, but like, well, whatever happens, happens. But I just, I'm like, if, if like, uh, the situation I have is really special, but the fact that I'm like telling everyone that, oh, someone is coaching me through these cases. And then if all my partners want to have that too, and then request it, I don't know, maybe they'll, not that that's a bad thing, but I want to be, I want to be this, like, I want to be a an authoritative like abdominal wall reconstruction person and I feel and I'm a little I'm I'm a little bit scared that I could be that they might steal that from me and so not but they but I don't think they people don't even have that interest in my group to be honest I I just have this I just I don't know I, I mean I think a part, part of me is like fearful yeah that, that yeah. that'll be like taken I think part of that, again, you know, we always talk about like, what did society give us, right? I think especially for women, society gave us like, somebody might take this away from you and there's only one room for one at the top. And we, we just- That's true. We get trained in this like really scarcity mindset. And so like, when we're in it, we're like, this is how the world is. We're like, well, yeah, cause you were kind of told that, right? There's one position and instead of like, Oh, they don't actually really want it. You know how many freaking complex hernias there are going to be over the course of my career? Like more than I can fix. Like, yeah. Instead of like, you know, you're a thousand percent right. And it would actually be awesome if more of my partners wanted to do them because then we could do them together and like work together more. <laughs> yeah, you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> Next time you come on coaching, you're going to be like, the problem is they don't want that now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, I mean, most people don't want these cases to be honest. Cause the, cause the follow-up care is, it can be difficult and then recurrences and there's like just so many, so people don't actually usually want these cases and that's most general surgeons would rather just do simple, quick, you know, like straightforward hernias and healthy patients. And these are like the sickly, the sick, very deconditioned, like sickly people. So I think, um, so yeah, I think that's true too. Like there will probably be a surplus of these cases in reality. Um, and it would be great if my partners could do these cases also. So I don't know why I'm like, I think part of me is afraid that that the person that the surgeon is helping me is going to be like annoyed that I'm like telling everyone that like he's co-scrubbing everything, all these things with me. Like, I, 
but why do I care what he thinks? I don't even care. Why, why do I care if he, that offends him? Like, he can say no on his own if he doesn't want to help other people, or he can say yes, and then more people will be good at it. I feel a lot better. <laughs> I feel a lot better about this now. Totally. I mean, this is, I mean, just an example of like why this is so like when, you know, it's the same when I get coached is like, whoa, I did not see my blind spot there, you know? And then yeah. you're like, ah, oh, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I should just leave it to him to say yes or no. And if he says yes, that's actually a positive because then more partners, we can collaborate more and work on these difficult cases together. Yeah, I mean, really, this is win-win for you because if they don't yeah. want to, more for you, and if they want to, more fun in the team. Like, yeah. it's it's win-win no matter how it ends up happening. Yeah. Okay, I feel better about this whole situation. <laughs> Isn't That's that hilarious? Awesome. Yeah. No, it's so good, and I, I, yeah, to me, I'd be like, it's just explore what being the expert is to you, and like, why can't you have that today? Because you should just have that today. And like the fact you're gonna do more cases in the future, totally a fact, doesn't prevent you from being the expert that you are right now. Yeah. You're, you're already worthy. You want the cases, you're, you have a men you're worthy of being the expert right now. Yeah. I'll play with that instead of saying like, my expertise is, is 2024, uh-uh-uh. Your expertise is now. Yeah, that's true. You're just I want to own that more on the journey, but there's yeah. no there there. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. True experts always keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe you. <laughs> it's the fear of mistakes of making a devastating mistake, obviously. That's, oh yeah. You know, but experts but make that's, mistakes too. Yeah, they that's, absolutely that's do. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So you might as well enjoy being an expert now. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Because you, yeah, you're already there. The rest is just like experience and like, yeah. Awesome. That was a great hour. We got, we got, we talked about Thank a lot. You. Absolutely. You rock. All right, everybody. We'll see you soon. Take care.